Good evening, everyone. Friday the 13th. Uh, what a magical night to be sitting at home. <laughs> I could think of better things to be doing right now, like listening at an outside of the gig. Um, but most importantly, we've got a special one-on-one or actually four-on-one chat with Mr. Davey Lane, which will be super. I cannot wait for this. This is episode 52 of So What's Been Happening. Let's bring up a couple of the boys for a quick chat before we get going. G'day, Berkey. Welcome, mate. This one is going to be exciting, that's for sure. We've been getting... There's been some rivers, but uh, this one, cream of the crop, yes. So really looking forward. Hopefully we're a little bit match match fit now after a few few extra shows. I made you blokes, but uh, I'm off the bench tonight, so I'll see what I can do, Baz. Yeah, no problem. Lovey, how are you, mate? Friday 13, how are you boys? It's uh, very, very spooky and we're locked down. So if we're going to get eaten by everything, might as well just do it in your own home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cuz, how are we, mate? G'day, boys. Again, bit of a spooky night, 13th. Berkey, great to have you back to see the internet's up and running, mate. Fantastic. Thanks, mate, mate. Just... Davey Lane, we, look, we've had some fantastic guests, but this man is... Almost cream of the crop, isn't he really, in a way? So looking forward to it immensely. He sure is. Just before we get into it, I just want to do a little two-second recap. Um, but before we do that, let me just have a play this little vid on famous number 52s. They won't happen all the time, but I thought I'd just uh, check out. It's amazing what happens when you Google 52, let me tell you. Uh, it's a little bit scary, to be honest. You have to put the filter on. But, um, anyway. I can't wait to get the 68 plus one then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I just want to have a very quick recap because we've got a very interesting weekend ahead, that's for sure, just before we bring Davey on. Just a little recap on last night's. Um, Hijinks. Oh, this is good. All righto. Hawks, Bulldogs. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't Hawks. know. I just don't know. Aaron, Aaron, I will eat six pickled onions if Hawthorne get up. Oh, oh, come no. on, the Hawks. Yeah. I will eat six pickled onions if Hawthorne get up. <laughs> that's, that's what I was looking for. Jesus. A little bit of a bite. Wow, that is. I want six pickle onions on standby <laughs> for next week. That is to be delivered to East Ringwood. So, Dave, your mission will be if that match happens and we get the result <laughs> that we're looking for, Dave, you got to go down, but we want the whole jar. We need the whole jar because there might even be a little bit of liquid consumed. I'll get you one better. If Hawthorne win, uh, win by 39 and a half points, the old traditional margin, right, in betting, if they win by 39 and a half or more, I'll get a tattoo of a pickled onion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could never barricade enough. Oh, this is good. Boys, this wow. is going to be interesting. I'm... I've never barracked harder for the Hawks in all my life than, than tomorrow, I, um, tomorrow's game. I'm actually, start, 
I'm actually starting to sweat some boards, trust me. <laughs> Jody, Jody actually mentioned she might come and watch the podcast. So. There you go. Well, you're going to maybe, I think we didn't say who's doing the tattooing. Cuz, I think you might get the tattoo gun for Christmas, mate. Who knows? Yeah, what sounds good, mate. Sounds good. All right, boys, let's get into this. Berkey, <clears throat> tell us about our special guest. Well, uh, Cuz mentioned that we've had some, uh, uh, some wonderful celebrities and, uh, it doesn't get any better than this young bloke, this young man. Uh, saw him at one of his first ever gigs with uh, with one of the bands that we love, and uh, he's just gone into superstar and played with uh, everyone you can think of. So, without any further ado, Mr. Davey Lane. G'day, Davey. <laughs> Welcome, oh, the Celebrity's a bit of a stretch, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, great, bud. Hey, hey, great. I'm going to kick off proceedings, if you don't mind, Davey. Go for it. Thanks for joining us. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you, mate. Um, thanks, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> when, I, when I was a young bloke, um, school was pretty shitty for me. And uh, Form 1s and 2 were, were just a nightmare. And yeah. um, I remember the, um, the only thing that got me through was my little tranny and um, was music. And the um, one of the, the lead singer from our band that used to play at school, um, he left, and they were looking for someone to fill a fill a position. And I used I used to get up there and belt all these Led Zeppelin covers out, and that's what saved me. I went from here in the pecking order at school to to being that guy, you know, the lead singer of the band. And that's yeah. Um, yeah. that's what started my musical journey. So uh, we'd like to, if we could, start with how did you start off your musical uh, your musical start, mate? Where did that come from? Oh, mate, well, what you've just described, Ben, is is reasonably parallel to what I've experienced. It's funny, I, I met, this was a few years ago, um, I was playing a gig with Tim Rogers out at San Remo at Western Port Hotel, and this guy came up to me that I, I uh, went to school with, who was one of the really popular jocks, um, you know, not, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but... Um, he always he always got the girls that I had crushes on. So um, and he he said he said to me, "It's like, oh, isn't it funny? You're higher on the food chain than I am now." Um, and uh, look, what, what what is the point of that? It's apropos of nothing, but it's just uh, um, it's it's uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, he's just been done on drugs and firearm charges, so. Uh, so what's um, um anyway great great story well told yeah. um <laughs> I, uh, no, I think i know the point sorry i'm just i'm just i'm just i'm just i thought i was just coming on to bitch about things that piss me off but, <laughs> but, 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 um look i yeah i was exactly the same at school i was I was um, a really awkward, really shy, really socially inept um, kid. And um, I, you know, like my, my interests in music started really early. Um, I, I was obsessed with the Beatles and um, actually the Wings was the first thing that I heard. Um, my parents had Wings in their record collection and... Um, 
And so I was digging through those and it's like, oh, this sounds good. And then like, it was like, oh, well, you know, the guy in Wings, he was in a band before he was in Wings as well. And they were quite good. Um, so they, uh, yeah, so that was that, that was my pathway into, into uh, becoming obsessed with music. And I listened, uh, I, I was also obsessed with The Who as well. And being a shy, awkward um, kid, I... Um, I, uh, I was, I was just like, as soon as I heard the, the Who, there was something just so visceral and something so um, physical and and it, uh, expressive about it. And I was like, as soon as I heard my generation, I was like, it was that was just like the eureka moment for me. I was just like, what the fuck is this? And how do you make this sound? And how can I try and do this myself? And then seeing Pete Townsend play guitar. Um, you know, like I think, uh, I think it was the kids who are right. The um, the, uh, the the movie that came out in the late seventies. So I saw that, and just seeing this cool as fuck dude in a in a white boiler suit and an SG just swinging his arm around and jumping jumping leaps in the air. I was just like, I want to do that. That's what that's exactly what I want to do. I want to be that guy because. There was, like I said, there was something so expressive about it, and um, I was so awkward as a kid. I felt like the music was my, I could latch onto music as my form of expression. Um, uh, yeah, like so. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a little less socially inept now, and I can, if, if you get me talking, I've, I. I, I, I shan't shut up, but um, but back then I could you could hardly get a word out of me, so I felt like the music was my way of being able to express express how I feel. Basically, I mean that's one of the that's one of the uh, the, the universal things about music. Um, and so as I was as I got to about sixteen, well fifteen sixteen years old, I started discovering. Um, bands or like current current day bands. Obviously, I was too young to go out and see anything at that point. But I started to discover, like you know, I was I. I know there. It's a contentious. Uh, it's a contentious one. But I was I was a big Oasis fan as a kid, um, and I know they're a very uh, very polarizing band. But I, I still have a huge soft spot for them. So I loved Oasis and I loved. Um, so, you know, a lot of the other English stuff, like, um, I guess I was a Britpop kid at school, so I loved, like, Supergrass were and still are one of my all-time favourite bands, and I just fucking adore that band. And um, and also, like, you know, like, and then I discovered uh, one of the great things about um, growing up as a kid in the 90s was that you could watch... Um, was that you could actually you, you could actually watch rock bands on the TV on a Saturday morning, and I was like, which is you know recovery of course, and and obviously just like growing up and seeing all these all these amazing bands, like, and that's how I discovered like bands like Snout and the, and the Meanies and Even and and UMI and um, so it was just a great. Yeah, it was just it was just a really um, really vital, really um, exciting time to be growing up um, 
with current music because a lot of the music of that time imbued the spirit of the stuff that I um, that I loved, like you know, the, 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 all the kind of 60s, 70s stuff that I um, that I got into is uh, you know that was my path, my my gateway drug into the, the world of rock and roll. Um, yeah, so it was just great to, to discover bands and think, oh, there are guys around now that can do this. And, of course, you know, like you and I seeing, seeing I think the first time I saw Tim was on the TV and seeing Tim was like, oh, he looks like Ray Davies and he's, he does the Pete Townsend thing with the arm. Oh, oh that, guy's, that guy's fucking great. So it was that kind of fueled my curiosity into... Um, into kind of getting to, uh, yeah, like find out more about these bands and buy their records and explore their B-sides and all that kind of thing. Anyway, that's a long answer to a, to a, to a, uh, a possibly longer answer than, than needed. But. Ah, well, that's what it's all about, mate. We, we get our guests on because we want to hear more about them and it's, it's you know, Berkey and I know each other, know enough about each other. I think we're not going to talk about ourselves. But um, for me, you and I was awesome at a time for me. Like, so I was, I had just finished secondary school when you guys broke through in mid 90s. And, you know, you had the Cruel Seas and, and all the other great mm. Australian acts that were coming through. Yeah. Um, but I, I read that you've supported some pretty big bands over the years. So, some of the ones you've already mentioned, The Who, Oasis, Rolling Stones is just ridiculous. But yeah. have you got how – how, so I guess my question, how did you link up with those guys over the period of time? So you and my big, awesome, getting overseas and getting getting these sort of acts, how did you link that up? And is Oasis as hard to get along with as what people make out? Or is it just them on each other and everyone else just sits back and watch? Um. I well, I wasn't I wasn't in the band at the time that UMI supported Oasis, but through um, playing with the band, subsequently I've I've had experiences hanging out with those guys, and um, and yeah, I mean that that was quite for me was you know as I was still a pretty anxious kid, but being thrust into this world of of being in bands and and being in a band and going on tour and you meet new people every night and everything's like everything is like just a fucking roller coaster that's that's hurtling along and you're just kind of going along with it. And um, yeah, so a couple of times in my in my travels I've hung out with the Oasis guys and yeah, I mean it's fucking it's 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 weird. I mean I, I like Noel was always kind of like reasonably nice to me but he's seems like a pretty guarded dude i guess and um he's probably not going to warm to you unless you're fat boy slim or you're fucking matthew mcconaughey or something like that um <laughs> liam uh, liam is um i don't know like, a lot of people say liam's an idiot but i think he's just a genuinely psychedelic dude um he the, some of the stuff that comes out of him out of his mouth is is hilarious and um, ridiculous and hilarious and I actually ended up in a in a uh, in a bathroom with Liam and um, right, eh? <laughs> uh, and we were at a friend's place and 
um, I don't know what we were doing in the bathroom, but um, but uh, fill in your own gaps there. But we ended up he ended we ended up him lying in the bar the empty bath, and I went and got my mate's guitar, and we ended up playing. Um, there's a song called "Born on a Different Cloud," which is off the early 2000s record called Haven Chemistry, and I was like, I don't know how to play that song. And he's like, No, you fucking don't. You don't fucking know how to play that. And I'm like, I do, I do, I do, I do. I'll go and get the guitar. I'll go and get the guitar. I'll come back. And he's like, All right, I fucking bet you fifty quid you can't play it from start to finish. And so he's like lying in the empty bathtub, and and I go and get the guitar, and I I start playing it, and I start playing the first few chords, and I'm like. I was like, I was like, oh wow, this is quite a surreal moment. <laughs> I, I said, well, if I'm if I'm going to play it, then you got to sing it. He's like, all right, fucking done. Fucking, like, but I'll be fucking listening to you, fucking watching your fucking chords and your fucking fingers on that if you don't fucking play it right, man. Um. So we, yeah, we ended up, and this was, I don't know, I, I shudder to think what time of the morning this this sort of thing, but um, we ended up getting from the start to the finish of the song, and and I was like, all right, come on, mate, where's my fucking 50 quid? And he was like, you got a fucking chord wrong in the middle. I fucking stopped. I saw you. He's used 50 bucks. No, no, well, that... Actually, having said that, though, he did buy a shitload of booze. Um, we went to the there was a twenty four hour bottle shop at the Exford, and um, um, I say as I grab my glass of wine, um, and I went into the bottle shop. It was it would have been like maybe eleven or, or twelve at night, and it's funny like being with. Sometimes like you get to be in the in the presence of people. And then it's it's not only it, people like that, and it's only when you start people going, people start turning around, and go, oh my fucking god! It's like, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's right. This person is actually really fucking famous. Um, <laughs> but we went into the bottle shop, and all these people are kind of looking at you. Oh, there's fucking Liam Gallagher. But um, we, we, we Liam's like, just fucking pile it up, man. Fucking pile up the box. What, what are you fucking want? <laughs> fucking, fucking bourbon, yeah, fucking great. Get some of that. It's fantastic. And, you know, then uh, trying to be, uh, you know, like trying to be polite, I go, all right, well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll chip in, like, let, let me give you some money. And then he just like, turned to me and goes, do you know how much fucking money I've got? Do you know how much fucking money I've got? I was like, fair enough. I'll, um, I'll, happy to, I'll be happy to let you buy a whole bunch of piss for me laying So that was a pretty surreal night. But um, yeah, he's like that. Liam's, uh, I, you know, I mean, I think that that I think it's always it's a, those guys are always going to play to that um, that thing of kind of goading each other. And maybe that's why Oasis will never reform. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it's entertaining anyway. That's for sure. That's a fair David, experience, Mike. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> David, we're gonna um, we're gonna hit you up for a song soon, but um, yeah, I'm sure there's some shit bits out there. But just to let you know, you're living our lo- our dream lives, mate. <laughs> but 
playing with the bands you're playing with and, and meeting the people you've met, it's uh, it, it's just uh, phenomenal. So um, more power to you, my friend. Well, uh, I did. Want to ask, so how did how did the well, UMI thing come about? A couple of days, if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I did want to ask, Davey, I've always wondered, how did the UMI thing come about? I was um, I was doing guitar tabs for um, back in the back in the days of the late nineties. There were things called fan sites, and um, uh, there was a couple of UMI ones. And I, I remember going on, you know, as a budding guitar player at the time. I would I would go on and I was like, how do I play these? How do I play these songs? So I went. I looked up the guitar tabs and started following what they they were doing and I was like actually these are all fucking wrong they're not like the, they're not the right chords and they're not the right tunings and like I know that Tim uh, well I, I knew that Tim was a big Stones fan and and um, so I was like oh like, I'm sure he like it sounds like in some songs he's using different tunings so me and my like hackneyed kind of um, knowledge of of guitar at that at that point I'd only been playing guitar for for um, maybe three or four years, but um, but I was like, oh, he's a big Stones fan, so maybe he likes, maybe he's figured out what Keith Richards does and kind of copies a bit of his tunings and things like that. So I um, I got onto uh, I got onto Keith Richards stuff, and I realised like, oh, he does a bit of you know, drop G, like he lowers the A string down a G and then like there were certain UMI songs where it's like, oh, this makes complete sense now. And it all the voicings of the chords that he did, I was like, okay. And so in a way I was able to kind of approximate what he was playing. Um, and and so I was uploading my own tabs of, of UMI songs that I, based on what I'd figured out and um yeah i think i can't remember i think it was like maybe i was it was back in the uh, yeah in in the late 90s there was this thing called icq which is for now is just like text message or sms or something like that but back in the day you'd log log into how many more fucking times can i say back in the day i'll i'll stop saying that now but um you log yeah you'd log on and it'd be like a kind of internet chat thing and so I was initially chatting to Rusty um, and, you know, like knowing, like pretending, like I knew he was a big soccer fan, so I was kind of pretending to know a little bit about soccer, which I knew, like, fuck all. But, um, but he, uh, but it was, yeah, so I kind of started chatting to him a little bit and he was like, oh, you're the guy that does the guitar tabs. And, and um, so I ended up getting back to Tim and I ended up, uh, the next time they played in Melbourne, I went down to a gig and got up and played a song with them, um, which is off their uh, was off their record number four record, and just got up and played this one song, "Come Home with Me." And you know, obviously, I was shitting myself, but I was like, "Oh my god, this is great! I'm playing with this great band." And um, it got to the end of we got to the end of that song, and Tim kind of lent into my ear, and he goes, "He's like, do you know how to play Kathy's Clown?" And I'm like. Okay, yeah, Bob, I think so. And like, and and then at the end of that, he's like, do you know how to play Rumble? And so I ended up playing a, a few songs with them that night and they went off on tour for another three months or something and then came back 
from that. And it was like, I think I'd just finished high school and just started to, I was actually going into university to do a journalism degree. Um, and I, I'd, I'd gotten two days into that and the, I was, I think I'd gotten back home from uni and so my first two days of uni was just like fucking hell. Um, I was doing it to make my parents happy. I didn't want to do it. I, I don't. I don't even know what the fuck I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to play music, but like that seemed to be at the time this insurmountable kind of dream that like is only only if uh, there's only a few chosen ones who could reach that kind of um, stratosphere of. of being this mythical thing called a musician. And I, uh, yeah, so I, the, the phone rang and it was Tim. I can't remember how he got my number, but like, it was like, it was, I thought it was one of my mates playing a gag on me. It was like, hey, Davey, it's Tim Rogers. And I was like, fuck off. Who is this? <laughs> it's like, that's nah, Tim Rogers. Uh, like, it's you? Is this you? It's like, it's Tim Rogers. And I was like, and then, like as he started to talk, I was like, I, like, I recognised his voice, and thought, like, "Holy fuck, it's actually him!" And he's like, um, he was, he was about to put out a record, which I think is just you've got behind your head there, Berkey. He was about to put out a record called "What Rhymes with Cars and Girls," and um, uh, yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm going on tour, and I'm putting out my first solo record, and. I uh, was thinking it would be cool to have an extra guitar player and would you be up for doing it? And so I thought about it for a nanosecond and I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so after that, it was, it was, I had to, you know, it's like, what the fuck am I going to do? I've just started uni and I was just like, I'm not going to fucking turn this down. This is too good to, uh, to, to knock back. So... Um, I ended up going to uni the next day and said, oh, I'm going to have to defer my uni course. And they said, well, you can't do that. You're going to have to go to this man that plays in the band and you're going to tell him that, no, you, you, you tell him what your priorities are in life. And so, actually, no, I'm telling you what my priorities are. <laughs> so, um, so that was the end of the uni course. And um, a, a week later, we were in rehearsal and, and and that was in it, it went from went from there into UMI and 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 the rest is as I say. Thanks Davey. Now we are going to now. Yeah. We are gonna hit you up for a song if we could Davey. Sure. Something something you want? Yeah. Um, I'm going to play two at a time. I'm going to play. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Davey Lane. Here we go. Uh, this is a brand new song that I've recorded but has not been released. Um, it's called, uh, it's called You're Deadly. Um, it's not, you're actually deadly. It's, it's deadly as in the endearing, um, 
use of the parlance being deadly, as in really great. Um, so here's the first. Absolutely fantastic, Davey. Absolutely Thank fantastic. Thank you. Mate, it was wonderful listening to you speak before and you're saying about, like, early high school, weren't a super confident sort of young fella. Mm. Um, when you get up on stage, and I've been lucky enough to see a couple of your gigs, um, the V Marshmallow Overcoat and whatever, to me, watching you and your colleagues up there, envious because you look so confident, like... You, you went from the piano to the guitar. I'm pretty sure you could even go to the drums. When you get up on stage like that and perform, and even like performing now, a hard question, I know, but how exhilarating is that for you? Um, it's exhilarating and it's, it's exhilarating and, and um, thank you for saying that I, that I look like I'm really confident because I'm, I'm actually not... At all, I, I used to. I mean, I still do have have 
you know, like my issues with anxiety and um, and that used to really impact on on uh, on what I do. It's funny, like with anxiety, I would it was something that would really manifest itself leading up to shows and um, and uh, and then yeah, and it was all it'd always be the anticipation and build up towards a show and like there'd be like this 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 horrible loop of, of of negative thought going, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm gonna fuck it up and this is gonna be really bad and like or if I'm really tired and so I'm not gonna get through, I'm gonna I'm gonna um I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pass out on stage or something like that. And all these like really irrational things would, would go through my head. But um as you get older, you start to learn. To, well, yeah, you you learn to um, be able to um, control these things. Well, not control them; they always manifest themselves in a little way. But we um, manage to we manage to manage them a little better, is what I'm trying to say. But um, but just going out on stage is. Uh, and nowadays, when I was younger, I would get really wound up if I made a mistake, if I if I sang a bum note, or if I blew a guitar solo, it would like it would ruin the rest of the gig for me. And I guess that's something as you get older, and um, you know, like it's it's uh, which is kind of parallel with to a lot of things in life. As you get older, you you, you start to give less of a fuck. Like you still care, but like you give less of a fuck about things that don't really matter that much. And um, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what that's kind of where uh, I've kind of um, kind of grown to be um, now. Is that like I get out and you know, especially like um, you know, we don't need to bang on about how about how weird. The last eighteen months has been for, for musicians, but um, you just savor those moments, and you savor going, being able to get out on a stage, and like, and it's just like all the lead up, all the all the things where you like, especially if you're doing your own gig. In my case, if I'm doing my own gigs, I wonder if anyone's going to show up, and and like that that kind of you, you worry about all that peripheral shit. Um, but when you get up there, you're on stage, and there's just like, for me, it's like this overwhelming sense of calm I feel now about being on stage, and um, I just, especially with like, you know, we, you, you mentioned marshmallow overcoat, and that's that for me is obviously it's not, you know, like for me, uh, and people love seeing that band, and for me, it's not something that's creatively rewarding because we're playing covers, but there is. A, um, you know, there is a, it's just a joyful thing going out and playing music that you love with with two of your really great mates, and um, and so like for me, I find it so much easier to just lose myself in what we're, in what we're doing, and um, you know, like it's it's just it's just a joy joyful thing, and when I get enthusiastic about stuff, I start moving. And even though like, I'm terrified of dancing and I still won't dance to this day, but put a guitar in my hands and I'll, 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 
I'll jump jump all over the place. So um, it's yeah, it was more kind of um, yeah, it's it's just it's just a, it's just easy to easier to get lost in it as you get older, I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a great insight, Davey. I can tell you one thing, mate. Is you look like you're having a hell of a time, mate. Every time you get up there and play marshmallow overcoat gigs, so that's one thing for sure. And I can tell you, the whole crowd absolutely love it. And I just want to touch on. I still say to Berkey, and this is the one I reckon the one marshmallow overcoat gig that he missed in all the time you guys have been together. And I reckon it was the absolute best. It was the big one hour encore up at the Macedon hotel um it kind of went oh. for a, it was a it was a great gig i just want to play was that the last one that we did uh it was pretty close um no i think you did one at um brunswick ballroom was the last one uh yeah no no but the last one at macedon did we have yeah, our friend last one at macedon yeah absolutely yep he was yep. playing keyboards with us yeah yep. correct yeah yeah and he's yep. like he's one yeah he's a really uh, he's a really close mate of both of uh, both of myself and Ashes and Wolfies and, and that, that felt, that was really fun just to have an extra kind of um, extra mate up there just fucking um, exuding his wizardry as he, yeah, as he always was. He's, he's Move on you blokes. Just want to play a quick, <laughs> quick clip from it to, uh, to rub it into Berkey just a little bit more. One of his favourite songs yeah. too. Should we hear Berkey? That was, yeah, that was a great gig for sure. You've got to love a one note guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could have ran with it. I could have ran with it. Um, one the next thing I wanted, I just wanted to quickly touch on. We had a really good comment here come up from uh, one someone tuning in and was talking about your your songwriting, um, and the ability that you seem to be able to knock out a song in a matter of days. You've been incredibly productive, I believe, and I know this may not seem like it, but. I believe you've done an incredible job during this lockdown phase of the last two years, putting out a couple of incredible albums, mate. Um, yeah, and not only that, supported by supported by most, some of the most incredible film clips too, mate. So I really want to just uh, put that out to you, mate. Um, it's it's a it's an absolute tribute to you being your own solo artist, and we we love you for it, mate. So just keep it up. That that. Like that to me means, um, yeah, that means the world. And as and like I was saying about uh, marshmallow overcoat stuff, like obviously it's you know like yeah, like the same. Well, it's not creatively rewarding, but like I, I appreciate that in a completely different way. But like making, being able to kind of, and that's the thing. It's kind of like when you're a solo artist, it's kind of. Um, it's it, it can be a you know if if you're not you know you're not fucking Angus Stone or something like that it's a bit it can be a, a bit it can be a slog you know and when you don't fit into like a uh, yeah, when you don't fit into a certain kind of um, 
It, it is Friday the 13th. It is. We've got to freeze. Maybe we'll be back, I'm sure. Yeah. Give it a second. Hang in there, kids. We're still moving. We're still live. We're, 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 we're still live. Come back to us, Davey. Hang in there, man. Guys, it's amazing how open Davey is and how, um, how giving he is with his answers. You don't, yeah, we don't get um, from a lot of artists. They're, a lot, they're really guarded, but um, I'm wrapped that Davey's really opened up and uh, given us a bit of him tonight as well. And, and yeah, how good, absolutely. as you said, Berkey, that he does that. It's Welcome back. back, mate. Welcome back. Sorry, mate. I don't know what happened there. That's okay. It is Friday the 13th after all, so we're expecting a few glitches here. Yeah, yeah we we're just going through that, that song songwriting phase for you, and um, you know, I reckon you that... The last couple of albums, mate, you've released some absolute rippers. So I don't know how much you got sitting there in that back catalogue, mate. But um... oh, I've got, I've, yeah, I've made a whole new album. Uh, it's pretty much done. Um, I've been, I've been working on some songs with some, a couple of other artists as well. But I've, um, yeah, I've got an, I've got another new record out. I've got an, another new record which I've all done here on my own, and and that's. That's ready to go, like, uh, and making the music, making the music's like an easy bit, but trying to get it out into the world when you kind of, you know, you don't have a record company and all that kind of thing, and, and you don't, you know, it's it's, it's it can be a bit of a slog. So, um, yeah, I've got to got to think about that next. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I'm, I have no problem um, getting inspired. Um, you know, if things are shit, if things are all right, if things are good, if things are frustrating, like there's always a song to be gotten out of. Out of How it. do you go yeah. through that process, Davey? And and what when do you, when do you decide what makes the cutting room floor? When do you chop them out? Uh, I think you know. I mean, yeah, I think I can only speak for myself, but I know, I know reasonably quickly um, if something isn't going to work. Or if you sometimes like when I picture when I start thinking of a song, I imagine it in my I can I kind of start to imagine how it sounds the completed piece in my head. Um, so and this is one of the things was like growing up with the Beatles, growing up being obsessed with the Beatles, for me it was just like I never went to school to learn music. So that for me was uh, the maybe education in, in songwriting and musicianship and production and engineering and all that kind of thing. And so for me, like, I think about, when I think about get an idea for a song, I think about the, the whole picture right from the start. And um, for me, luckily, I've got, I've got my space here at home that I'm, I'm able to record in, and that's been a real saving grace of the last, you know, the last kind of weird time the last weird 18 months that we've had um but i think i tend to like i, I will always record something i was like commit an idea put it down like behind my computer here where i'm talking i've got a drum kit there and like, i always like, i'll start with a guitar idea or a drum beat and kind of build something up but i think i i, I know pretty quickly if something's not going to work and um but when you know it is going to work it, it's like an an endorphin rush that you that you can't really um, you can't really get any other 
any other way. Sounds like a perfect segue, Davey. Could we have another one of your finished products, please? Sure. Uh, where am I? Uh, because I've got the 12 string and it's tuned to this tuning, I'm going to do a song that I wrote, which was on our last UMI record, which came out a couple of months ago. Reached number two in the charts. Thank you very much. Only pipped at the post by... Australia's sweetheart, Delta Goodrum. <laughs> Delta Strain, yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ripping album too, Davey. What well am mate. Oh, cheers. Thank you. And that was, yeah, most, most of that. Um, obviously, uh, last year being last year, we weren't able to, to get together to record. So we ended up recording... Um, but the, Andy and Rusty live up in Sydney and they did their stuff up there and Tim and I did all of our stuff here in this room. So um, another reason I'm extremely grateful to have our own space because it just meant that we could do it ourselves and, um, yeah. Anyway, this is... Um <laughs> We didn't write any songs on this record about lockdown. We, there's no reference to lockdown or COVIDs or anything like that. But this was a song about being kind of at home past curfew time um, and just uh, using your ima imagination um, to kind of try and transport yourself to anywhere in the world that you might like to be. And so this is about that. The fact I had some of my friends' weed chocolate at the time had nothing to do with it, but uh, this is called uh, I'm My Whole World Tonight. Last time is a different day I've been in my room I'm Shift your eyes to the gallery The seeds of life in the fractal breeze Crystallize the ocean pools The things they tell me every school I am my own world tonight I I am my own world 
Today, that's my favorite on the album, too, Davey. So, um, oh, sweet. Thanks, mate. With, with all those gems, with all the gems on there, and that's a ripper. Well, yeah, there's a lot of good songs on that. Yeah, what do you know? Hey, Davey, I reckon we're gonna have to get you on three or four times because there's so much stuff we've got to try and cover, and yeah, we're running another 10 minutes, <laughs> another 10 minutes or so. So, seeing if we're yeah, doing nothing in so you have to get back on, mate. Uh, Absolutely. I'm up with that. Sounds great. My, uh, years and years ago, my local bottle I um, walked in there and a guy with the big, big sideburns, we used to talk about music, and he said, oh, I'm putting a band together. And it was Brett. And <laughs> we oh, come, yeah. and your, come and saw one of your first gigs and um, and saw you up there and obviously seen you with uh, with the guys at UMI. So can you give us just a little bit of the of, of starting out the pictures too, Dave? Um, yeah, that was, that was the pictures started because um, I was playing in UMI and and I'd started playing in UMI and we were we were not yeah it was like we did have we were busy but it was quite sporadic as well so we did have extended periods of time off and but not long long enough a period of time where for me to go okay well I'm gonna get a job for a little bit now because like we could be like at home for a couple of weeks and then away for a month and then back for a month and then away for two months or something like that. So, um, so I thought, well, I'll just like I'll just start my own band. I, I've been writing songs since I was a kid, so um, not very good ones, some really bad ones that I could play for you, um, which I'm not, but. Um, but I, yeah, I started playing. I, I just thought, like, oh, you know, like I've, I, I really love, uh, you know, just it'd be nice to have an outlet for my songwriting. And um, I, I met, I met Wolfie really early on, and and we were both mad. Like, obviously, I talked about being obsessed with the Who, and that was a big thing for me as a kid. And he, um, he was equally obsessed if not um, more so than I was and he was uh, 
he was a he was he was a drummer and well he is a drummer he's still a I can I can tell you one hundred percent he's still a drummer, but um, and a great dancer. He, yeah. What's that? And a great dancer. Great dancer. <laughs> yeah. Is he? I don't know about oh, that. Yeah. And a kind and <laughs> considerate lover too. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, so well, yeah, we just thought well, but we have common interests, and he. Um, he was he was a complete complete fruit loop which appealed to my sensibilities and was I consider myself a somewhat of a fruit loop also. So um uh yeah, so I thought we'll get a band together and, and, and so but that was pretty much it really. It was just an outlet for some for something to do and for us to kind of get a get our rocks off playing the rock music. Yeah, yeah. That opening, that drum, that drum at the start of "Stupid Me" and it's rocks like that's more you put it on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of like it's when that band finished, I was like, oh, I don't even, I was like, I don't even want to listen to anything that I like because I was just like, you know, obviously everyone grows as a writer, but you've got to start somewhere. So it's funny, like I've kind of in the last couple of years, we've been doing a couple of, we've been doing a couple of one-off picture shows here and there and it's like it's you really enjoy it for the just for the the visceral kind of love of um of getting out there and playing it and it's like and I, I kind of separate my older self from my younger self um and not get so oh that that, that sounds shit like those lyrics are terrible and <laughs> As you get old, like as like I said, as you get older, you start to get less of a bucket about things that don't really matter. So, um, for me, it was just a matter of yeah. I mean, for now and then now, when we play pictures gigs, I fucking love it because it's it's enjoyable. We all get along better than we did back in the. <laughs> I, I promised myself I wasn't going to say back in the day again, <laughs> um, but we all get along better than we did back then, and. We all, um, it's just like, yeah, it's just like, well, you know, I was a 20-year-old, 19-year-old kid writing most of those songs and and, and it shows, I, I can see that it shows, but I, I get a kick out of playing in the One more from me, Davey. Um, I'm going to drag you forward a little bit. I remember seeing it, um, you did a support, you did your own show at um, the Midnight Special in Sydney one night and... You are supporting um, one of my faves, um, the great Todd, uh, Todd Rundrum. So I think that was on one of his first tours, and um, yeah. it, was, it was an amazing show. Your your solo show at the Midnight Special was a ripper. There was only twenty or thirty people there. Pardon? Todd wasn't playing at the Midnight Special. I was. <laughs> no, no, no. That was just you. That was yeah, just no, your no, solo no. show. Yeah. Did he play it? Was that at the Bridge Hotel in Roselle or something like that? That's it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. that next um, night. You, yeah, you I remember that yeah. gig at the Bridge Hotel and um, I remember going on stage and there were people who, like, I don't think they'd been to a fucking gig in 30 years or something and they were like, what are you doing? Where's Todd? And I was like, I'm the support act. They're like, we don't want to hear you. We want to hear Todd. And it's like, well... Don't know if you've been to a gig recently, but there's 
kind of a tradition that's been around since gigs have been happening that that the, there's a support act that comes out and plays and then then you get tired. <laughs> but um No, you want a lot of friends on baby. I remember it was really loud at the start. The first few songs are really loud. Yeah. And then um, by, your, by the end of your set, everyone's gone really into it. So yeah, I'm sure I, you've got some listening along that yeah, night. So. I, I enjoy, I see gigs like that as a bit of a challenge because it's like, what can I do to, um, you know, try and endear yourself to people who don't particularly want to hear you, like you kind of, like you, you, you either you either end up, you know, like being self-deprecating and making a goof of yourself, or you're just gonna, or you just uh, something that I always used to love to do was like, um, like before I launch into one of my songs, I'd uh, like, uh, you know, if the crowd were wait, the crowd's interest was waning, I'd go, oh, this is a. This is a song, it's not one that you might know off one of the famous albums, but this is a Pink Floyd song. Or like, you know, this is a song by, um, this is a David Bowie song that you probably haven't heard, but yeah, you, you, you might know it. Like, And you can see, you can almost see like, whereas people, no one gave a fuck for the song previous, but because you prefaced it by saying that it was a, a lost, um, you know, Pink Floyd or lost Beat Floyd song. So people go, Oh, yeah, I think I've heard this one before. So that was one of those kind of things. And then you were, then you were lucky, you and Brett were lucky enough to um, jump onto the, uh, be a part of the band of Todd's band when he came to Australia. Yeah. I'm yeah, that amazing was, for us. Oh, man, it was, yeah, Todd was and is one of my um, all-time musical heroes and... Um, yeah, it was a buzz, and it just was great that um, that we um, we we got along really well. And he was a fucking really lovely guy who didn't mind having a drink and having a yarn, and um, that uh, yeah. And we've we've kept in touch since, and and uh, and worked on a couple of songs together. One of which came out in my record last year, and another one which is coming out on his record. Um, later this year, I think. I just want to touch on that, Davey, and I know um, it's been a fantastic effort of your showing your artistic skills and um, in relation to the film clip side of it. So I just want to play a little clip from Acceptance. Sure.
Amazing Elm. What's that, mate? Love it. It's on this one. Everyone's been around that one. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my ad. Um, if I may uh, show off, I've just taken delivery of these, which is the album which uh, wasn't initially released on uh, CD due to uh, due to a managerial indiscretion, but is is now, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's the same album, but it's got you got it's three. There's four bonus tracks on there, so. You get you, you get your bank for buck, and that'll be that'll be. Uh, we'll be putting up putting that up on our store shortly, sometime. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yes, yeah, uh Just another question, Davey. I want to bring up um, in relation to your latest release. Yeah. Rain of silence. Just tell us a little bit about that. We've had some interaction here with a couple of fans that want to want to have a little bit of a chat about it and where it's, you know, the inspiration behind it. And just tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was, uh, one of my things to do when I'm, um, mindlessly or idly, um, internet browsing is look up music news sites. And, um, I saw a, um, I saw an article about, uh, a singer who goes by the name of Leslie Knife, but his name's Vladislav um, Novosilov, um, who sings in a uh, in a, a, a doom metal band from Belarus called God's Tower, and he uh, the story was basically about him um, completely completely unrelated to his his musical endeavours in the band, but went online, I think commented on something on Facebook or YouTube and called one of the local politicians a hog. And I think it was in reference to like, like the, the guy wasn't, the guy was, you know, skirting questions and, and which is, which is weird for a politician to, to, to skirt around questions, isn't it? But, um, he was basically saying this guy's got a mind like the mind of a pig or something like that. And subsequent to that, he was arrested and was put on trial and he's been sentenced to three years in um, of, of prison with hard labour for, for, for this. And this is, like, this is just uh, indicative of, of what is happening in Belarus now, under the um, uh, Lukashenko, the, the, who was basically the dictator of of, of Belarus, and he, um, you know, like it's it's this kind of yes. And for me, as as a musician in Australia, who um, who values my uh, my right to free speech and value values my right to comment on the world around me and and comment on the people who are running the world around me um i just like just made me sick to the core and so i i i started um started delving a bit deeper into the story and look, looked up the band and like um you know the the 
And it was, I was really like just kind of trawled through their music and their story and they're all really intelligent, articulate, um, free-thinking people who care for um, care for the freedom of their country, which is being denied, which has been denied them for for decades now. And um, yeah, I was just like, you know, there's nothing. There's there's. I just wanted to do something to highlight. Um, highlight that issue and I guess you know one of the frustrating things about having not much of a profile is that when if you really care about something then there's only so many people that it's gonna reach and you know me I'm realistic about my expectations with the audience that I can reach and like that's just one thing that really frustrates me is that um, I wish I could reach more people with this but I don't know how to like if I was Gang of Youths or um, Courtney Barnett, I might have a better chance of, of of getting this story to more people. But but I can only do what I can do, and it's something that I like, feel really strongly about. So I think even if it is with, with you know the limited reach of my um, my my profile, but you know. Every little bit counts, you know. Like, uh, and look out to you, man. Good job. If someone's saying something, then like, hopefully, you know, who knows? Maybe that means like, if if I do something, maybe someone who's got a bit more kind of profile and a bit more, um, a bit more kind of push behind them might hear about it and might uh, feel compelled to do something themselves. But, um. Yeah, it was just it's just something, and, and like you know, I really enjoyed delving into their music, and like you know, I know when you think, I'm like a lot of people that reacted when I said, oh, "I'm putting out a, a, a cover of an 11 minute doom metal song," people go, "What the fuck?" But that's you know, when you think of you know, it's fair enough when you think of me, you don't. Um, my name is not synonymous with doom metal, but um, I mean, I do really. Uh, I have a love for that that music, so it was uh, that, that was that was a really fun thing to do to 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 cover the song. But it, the, yeah, the, the the reason for it was to to highlight what's going on in Belarus. Well, just on that, I, I urge everyone that's heard that story to check out Davey's website and and have a read of that blog um, and get on his Facebook and have also jump on and share it amongst your friends and and hopefully we can start to spread that word. Um, Just a little bit, Davey, doesn't take much sometimes and it it can start to radiate. So I urge everyone that's heard this story or listens to it later, uh, please jump on to daveylane.com.au, hear the story, listen to the song most importantly, purchase it even better and reach out to a few people and let's get this word out there because I, I think it's a great great effort, Davey, that you're, you're being a voice for these people that, that haven't got a voice right now. Thanks, mate. Yeah, that, that means a lot. And, um, yeah, if you check out the website, uh, I'll put up the um, – the, there's a PayPal um, link there for, for which will go towards it, – it goes to God's Tower and directly to, to Vladislav and he's trying to appeal his sentence and um, – and of course, they need money to do that. So, um, so you know, if if you hear the song and read the story and you feel inclined, then um, all that information is there as well. Davey, that's fantastic. We've had some wonderful guests on the 
the sh- on the podcast. You are up there with the guests we've had, mate, and thank you for your time. Every Thanks. guest we have on, I like to ask them a question, and it's a question without notice, so I apologise. That's all you right. Are, you are hosting a dinner at your house, and you can invite five guests, living or dead. They are your guests. Obviously, you're there yourself, so there'll be six people at the table. Love to hear who, who your five guests would be. Oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> uh, Larry David. Right. Um, uh, Larry David. Um, uh, so Isaac Newton. Um, uh, uh, Brian May, because I could all, all I could, he would have a lot to say, uh, and I've actually had the privilege of meeting him before. I'm um, actually just too long. I um I built this guitar a few years ago, which is a a, a replica of Brian May's. Oh, fantastic! Famous Red Special, and um, uh, I actually had the privilege of, of meeting him and. Actually got him to, if you can see that there, that's his signature. That's the great man's oh, signature. Wow. That's great. So, so I got, yeah, like, so I'd have him, so, because you could talk to him about about rock music and you could talk to also talk to him about um, animals and astrophysics as well. So that would be a, a multi-layered conversation right there. <laughs> um you ever had Larry David, Isaac Newton, uh, Brian May? Okay. Perky um, said he was. Perky said he's free if you want to invite him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, of course, you'd need to. Um, it'd be good to break up the sausage best, wouldn't it? So. Um, I would. Oh, well, I'd, 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 I'd have my partner there as well because I would, I would not want her to not be there. So she would be there. So there's four, and um, oh, five was it you say? Um, um. I don't know. These are uh, awkward silences we love so much, David. What's that? What's that? <laughs> these these awkward silences that we love so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Yeah. Maybe he's come up with Paul McCartney. That's you know, yeah. No, I've already met him. He can fuck off. Um, <laughs> Maybe Bonnie Raitt or someone like that. She'd probably have some pretty good stories. Oh, fantastic. Or, 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 yeah, Bonnie Raitt or Judy Sill. Joni Mitchell would probably have some pretty good stories as well. But she, um, uh, yeah, so I, anyway, there's seven. And um, uh, just... <laughs> when you're in chair. Jordan, Jordan Shanks, the comedian who goes under the name Friendly Geordie, so I reckon that is a fucking genius and um, really 
funny and is being sued by the, the fucking dodgy deputy premier of New South Wales at the moment for, um, for slandering, for basically just taking the piss out of him. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd invite him because he would have he would um, have some uh, he would have some good insight into into anything uh, that you know he would be able to add to whatever. Um, Bonnie Ray, Judy Sill, Joni Mitchell, Annalisa, um, uh, Brian May, so Isaac Newton, and Larry David might have to to say. So I've given you eight. Nah, happy if you have eight. I, I apologise at one stage when you were giving your answer. I may have gasped in a little bit of shock because um, we are so wrapped to have you on and we've had amazing guests, as I said. We've got to episode 52 and hand on heart, you're our first guest to actually invite their partner to dinner. <laughs> so make sure you pass it on to your partner. <laughs> I've got some brownie points for... Okay, yeah, thank you. Definitely, I'll be, definitely. I'll be dying Pretty special. That's a, that's a good one to get. <laughs> hey, Davey, if we can, you've gone way over time, man, but um, wonder if we could get one more song out of you. Would that be stretching yeah. the friendship too much? Yeah, sure thing. What did you? Was there something that you wanted to hear, or was? I know oh, we were we were going to leave it to you, mate. To be honest, okay. Something that grabs you. Actually, Aaron, was there something that you mentioned earlier that you might have liked to have heard? Um, oh, was it? This is hell. It sure was, mate. But don't don't feel obligated to do it tonight. What we're going to do no, is we're. No, I can no. guarantee you. Uh, I can guarantee you. You wanted it. You got it. By mass, uh, <laughs> by mass appeal, we're going to have you back, mate. And we've got so mm. much to talk about. So we're giving you an open invite, oh. mate. That we're we're going to get Anytime. you through this lockdown, and we're going to hang out together, and we're going to do this again very very soon, mate. So oh. we've got so much to cover. Yeah. Um, you're an eclectic man great. with incredible talent, mate. So we we look forward to the next chat. Thanks so much, Aaron. And yeah. Thanks, Birkin, Cuz. Really appreciate your time. The pleasure is all ours, mate. Um, I'm going to play this song on my freshly repaired Epiphone Casino guitar, which had a nasty break at the headstock there. And there, thanks to... Um, Thanks to our friends at Virgin Australia. So I'd like to dedicate this song to Gorilla Glue for um for getting this uh, getting getting Miguel back together for me. Uh, this is how.
lifts your tent to To the sages where the dust will fall If you've ever kept a secret You know well that this is hell just on behalf of all the boys um, and everyone listening and watching and that'll listen to this back and watch it back later. Uh, I'd just like to thank you on a Friday the 13th. I know where you'd rather be, mate, and where we'd all rather be is at a gig with you, mate, and we can't wait to do it soon. But in the Thanks, meantime, man. in the meantime, we're going to invite you back uh, during this lockdown period because I know uh, I know you've been a busy boy, but we're going to keep in touch and we're going to keep, keep all these fans interested in... Maybe you can give us another little sneak peek like you did tonight, mate. We really look yeah. forward to that. Love to, mate. Love to. And yeah, thanks so much for your time. And it's uh, it's been a it's been a treat treat to have a chat. And yeah, like you know, there's we could we could go on all freaking night if we uh, if we wanted to. <laughs> we sure could, mate. And we thanks really appreciate man. really appreciate how open you've been with us as well, mate. Yeah. Thanks so Very much. Rewarding, Dave. Thanks very much, mate. Really good. Cheers. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah.